Hey, while I'm getting set up, uh, I got a couple of reminders for you guys. One, uh, if you if you can join us, Facebook Live right now, uh, it's happening. Share it if you're in there. Share it, comment, do whatever, throw some hearts up, do all that good stuff. Um, I saw a lot of people are on today. So Dennis, Debbie, hello. My old youth pastor from 55 years ago is on right now watching, so that's cool. Um, uh, another thing uh, I want to remind you guys about, we are doing communion at the end. So uh, if, if you got it, uh, break it out, bread, grape juice, uh, crackers, whatever you got, you know, Jesus will understand, you know, like I was, I was ruffling through some stuff and I was like, I got tortilla chips and sandwich bread. <laughs> so, you know, so I got my sandwich bread. I got some grape juice. I'm at church. So we got, you know, loads of grape juice, but get ready for that. Um, I try to start off uh, the sermon with a joke, and it's usually about Scott, because he's usually not here, but he's here, so I'm not going to say the joke, but it was really funny. So um, it was it was basically, it was, you know, Scott's been telling us that, like, you know, I, it's been weird to preach in front of, like, an empty crowd, you know, and, and in front of a camera and all that good stuff. It, and the weirdest part for him has been, um, you know, he says these jokes, and the room doesn't laugh. And the joke was going to be that that's every Sunday, not just now, you know. And so, But that's mean, so I'm not going to say it. And he's right there, so I'm not going to say it because that's rude. But uh, it is Palm Sunday, so I hope uh, you guys are having a great one. Uh, if you can, if you have your Bible, your Bible app, whatever it is, open it up to Luke 19. Luke 19. Uh, we're going to be looking at, of course, the, uh, the story of Palm Sunday. But uh, I'm going to give you a little context, a little context to the story, and then also, um, if 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 I can, and if you if you were here last week, you would know that I'm actually going to be talking a little bit about prophecy today. Um, prophecy is one of those interesting things. It's it's going to be a, one of those things that um, we, we are just going to be scratching the surface, just like prayer. Uh, this isn't going to be an in-depth thing. This you know because we could talk about uh, that forever, right? Um, but I, I think Palm Sunday and prophecy actually fit very well together. So we're going to be skipping uh, the first little bit, uh, the first 10 uh, verses of chapter 19. But um, I did want to give you a little bit of context there because it is important. Um, in, in verses 1 through 10 of Luke 19, we meet a man um, named Zacchaeus, right? And Zacchaeus, uh, he he had all everything everything wrong going for him, right? He had the two magical things in his life that made him hated by everyone, right? First, he's a tax collector. Not only is he a tax collector, he's like the chief tax collector, right? And and back in Jesus's time, tax collectors, uh, not the most liked people, right? That basically everyone hates them. Well, why? Because they stole notoriously, right? Uh, how they collected taxes, as the name would suggest, is that they had tax collectors. And if these tax collectors were, were tasked to collect 5, 10, 20 pieces of, uh, of coin from people, uh, what they would do is they would take that and they would add, tack a little bit on there for their own work, right? Uh, that's fine. The problem is, is that most of them didn't do that. Uh, most of them, if not 
all of them, uh, stole. Basically, basically doubled, sometimes even tripled the amount that they should have taken, and and it was making people poor. It was making them uh, starve, lose their homes, all that stuff. So they were hated because of that. Not only that, Zacchaeus, he was always so short. Which, like, you know, if you're short, it's not a good thing for you. But, uh, you know, uh, and, and with those two things, uh, Zacchaeus, not a popular guy, right? But if you heard the song, if, if you know, the, the wonderful song from 70s, 80s, I don't know, a long time ago. He was a little man, but he, 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 he called Jesus over. Jesus went to his house, uh, a very not popular thing to do for Jesus to do, right? And, and Zacchaeus told Jesus that he sold half of everything he owed and gave it to poor, gave it to the poor. And, and not only that, Zacchaeus, uh, he, he, uh, if, if he stole anything from people, right, if he stole anything, he paid it back fourfold, right? He, he gave them what, they, what he stole and then some, right? So he, he's, he's making up for all the, t- all the bad that he's done in his life. And Jesus said, today, you, you got salvation, right? Uh, you believe in me, but then you act accordingly to that, right? And, and because of time, I, I wanted to skip that because, you know, I want, uh, there's a lot more that we got to talk about. But I did have to mention it because it does come up. In, in verse 11 of chapter 19, and that's where we're going to begin today, uh, as they heard these things, so as they heard about Zacchaeus, as they heard about Jesus going into his house, which is not a popular thing, as they heard all of these things, he, uh, Jesus, proceeded to tell a parable. Parables are, are stories that Jesus usually tells, uh, very common. These are, are fake stories with, with trying to prove a point. Think of them kind of like a bedtime story with a moral, right? Uh, you don't don't go into the bear's cabin, right? Uh, don't sleep in their bed, right? Don't uh, don't don't build your house of bricks, or or a wolf's gonna eat you, right? Very morbid stuff we teach our kids, but hey, it's totally normal. So these, that that's a parable, right? And Jesus does it all the time. So he he proceeds to tell them a parable, because he was near to Jerusalem, and because they supposed that the kingdom of God to appear was to appear immediately, right? Um, I think that's very interesting today. Um, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I've definitely heard some end times things, right? Uh, some things that the world's ending, that, that Corona is, is bringing on the end of time and all this stuff, and, and, and it's all over for us, right? We might as well just bunker in, settle up, look to the skies. Jesus is coming back, right? Because this is, you know, no one's ever said that the world's going to end before, right? And, and, and that is very much like what's happening here. Right, Jesus is approaching Jerusalem. This is a big, big deal, and people are saying, "Wow, the kingdom of God is going to happen now." Let's get excited. Let's get ready. Let, I'm ready. Let's go. Right, and and he's he's telling that parable because he knows that's what they're thinking. So, verse twelve, he said, "Therefore, a nobleman went into a far country." Um, let's, you you guys are smart, right? Uh, who's the nobleman, right? The parable, there's a story, there's a ruler. Who's the ruler? If he's bad, <laughs> he's us. And if he's good, Jesus, right? So I, I, it's a fair assumption to say that this nobleman is Jesus. He went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. So he's, he's at this land. He's going to leave the land to go retrieve this kingdom, to get the kingdom and then return, right? Calling 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minus. 
right? If you don't know what that is, um, it's, it's, a, it's about three months' salary, three months' wages. So each one of them is getting 10. Uh, it's a lot of money, right? More than a year, right? More, uh, and, and he said to them, engage in business until I come, right? So what's the order? Jesus, uh, the, the nobleman, right, is bringing these servants here. He's giving them money, and he's saying, go and do business. Verse 14, but his servants hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us, right? Why is that in there? Uh, if you are wondering, this kind of sounds a little familiar, and it's going to be even more familiar. Uh, the parable of the talents, if you've ever heard of that, that, there's a lot of similarities in there. This, however, this little saying of like, we do not want this man to reign over us, uh, verse 14, but his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him. That's, that's not in here. Why? Uh, why is that particularly in here right now? Well, because of our good boy Zacchaeus right? Zacchaeus was hated. No matter what Zacchaeus did, people were going to hate him, right? And and in a lot of ways, no matter what Jesus did, people were going to hate him. But that didn't matter, right? That didn't matter. Uh, Verse 15, when he returned, so when the nobleman returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know what they had done what what they had gained by doing business so they get they got money told them that they should get business that they should do business now he's come back wondering what to do right verse 16 the first came before him saying lord your mina has has made 10 minas more right so your 10 has now become 20 and he said to him, well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in very little. You shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. So ten, originally fifteen now. And he said to him, and you are to be over five cities. Then another came saying, Lord, here's your mina, which I have kept laid away in a handkerchief. What's the problem with that? He kept him safe, kept it, kept it secure, didn't listen. The idea was not to protect the money, right? If the idea was to protect the money, the ruler could have put it in a bank. He could have dug a hole. He could have kept it, right? The whole point of this was to do business while he was away, right? So what's going to happen? You saw it, right? It, 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 should he get one? He, he, he didn't lose it, right? Verse 21, for I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and you reap what you did not sow. I thought this was Jesus. Why is he a severe man? Well, it's interesting, the perspective of this guy. Did anyone else have that perspective? No. Did anyone say, oh, I got to do the right, I got to do this because my ruler is going to kill me? No. This is the guy who acts out of guilt. This is the guy who, think God, that, who thinks God isn't connected to your life, who thinks that this ruler doesn't actually own the money. It's actually someone else's. How easy is that to do in our own life, right? It is so easy. Uh, way back when, like a year ago, two years ago, I don't even know, uh, I, I preached on Jonah, and I said, when you remove God from the problem, 
it's so easy to remove him from the solution, right? Uh, uh, when you remove God from the reaping, it's so easy to remove God from the sowing. It's so easy just to assume that, that, that servant number one, servant number two, they did all the work. This businessman, this, this nobleman, however, didn't do anything. It's not his money to give anyway. It's so easy to have the mentality, especially, especially on our own lives, right? That, that I did this. I, I conquered this. I got this job. I got this promotion. This money's mine. This has nothing to do with God. And if I give anything back to him, that good on me, right? So easy to do. Verse 22, he said to him, so the nobleman said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what, did I, what I did not sow. So you knew this? You thought of this? And why then? Did you not put my money into a bank? And at my coming, I might have collected it with interest. If, if you operate out of guilt, this, is, this should just be obvious to you. You should be trying the hardest. Why then do, is our automatic response to shut down? His automatic response was to hide it. His automatic response was to store it and to hoard it. That certainly doesn't apply to right now. The automatic response out of fear is to get as much as you possibly can, hide it in a handkerchief so that no one can get it. Man, a little topical. Ooh, things are getting spicy here. All right, 24. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Verse 25, and they said to him, Lord, he has 10 minas. Not only that, he's got the cities, remember? I tell you that uh, to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. Happy Sunday, everyone, right? It doesn't matter how, how you feel. It doesn't matter if you hate God. It doesn't matter if you don't believe that God exists. The fact is, he does. The fact is, he's a ruler, and, and it's up to the servants, it's up to the people to decide how they're going to act, right? And now we're going to move into the, the Palm Sunday traditional passage, right, in verse 28. And when he had said these things, so when Jesus just said the parable, he went on ahead, Going up to Jerusalem, when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, uh, uh, colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. What's going to happen? If you never, if if you read the Bible up to this point, and you saw Jesus's miracles, what's going to happen? You get a little excited hearing this. You don't expect that nothing's going to happen. You don't expect that there's not going to be a donkey there. You expect that there's going to be a donkey there. It's going to happen, right? If anyone asks you why are you untying it, you shall say this: the Lord has need of it. So not only that, you're expecting some opposition, and you're going to say, "Listen, this is what the Lord needs. We 
as people read this passage and we know what's going to happen. I could end it right here and you know what's going to happen. And yet, when it comes to our own lives, it's different. God speaks, we absolutely know what's going to happen, but then he speaks to us and it's like, no, that's crazy. There's not going to be, when's the last time I saw a donkey? I don't know. You, you, when's the, if, I, if I go there, they're going to beat me up. They're going to call the cops. I can't just take a donkey, Jesus. You know, you, I got to pay for it. I got to buy it. I can't, I can't just take it, right? If, if I go outside and someone's stealing my, my car, I'm not going to be like, oh, here's the keys, right? Like, no, it's there. We're going to have a problem, right? And yet in this, we absolutely know what's going to happen, even if I don't read it, though. Uh, I'm going to, right? So 32, so those who went, uh, those who were sent uh, went away and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? This sounds familiar. And they said, the Lord has need of it. And then the owner didn't care and, and the cops were called and the disciples went to jail. No, right? And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sat. Uh, they they set Jesus on it, and as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, the whole multi- multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and to praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what Jesus does. Doesn't matter what people are going to do. Others are just going to hate you. Others are just going to hate them. Zacchaeus didn't matter. People looked at him and said, yeah, you gave. It doesn't matter. You're rich. Yeah, you sold your stuff, but you could afford it. Yeah, yeah, you, but yeah, you gave back, but you, you stole it originally. doesn't matter if you're, you're, if you're, you're running out to Jesus and, and putting your cloaks, putting palm branches, doing all these shouting. People are going to hate you. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Well, uh, we, got, we got an interesting day because uh, we're doing Palm Sunday. We're also doing prophecy. And I see a lot of connections between the two. Right, so these are these are three things that not only Palm Sunday, but then also prophecies show. Right, so Palm Sunday and prophecies show. Point number one: God is in control over the present, the future, the small, and the big. Uh, also known as everything. <laughs> right, when you can control all of those things. 
You were in control of everything, right? Verse 30 through 34. Remember, we, we talked about it, so I'm not going to read it, but you, you know the story. J- Jesus says, hey, there's going to be a donkey. You're going to go right now. There's going to be a donkey. You're going to untie it. Someone's going to try to stop you, and you're going to say, this is for the Lord. The Lord needs it, right? Present, absolute, short, small, actually going to happen. Wonderful. Amazing. As a Christian, I get excited about that. As a pastor, that motivates me. That really excites me. That God is in control of everything. It makes my job easier in a lot of ways. It, because right now I could say, you know what? I would absolutely prefer that this, this play be, be packed, that you're all here and not we don't have to meet this. But as a pastor, I know that this is what we're supposed to be doing. It's hard. It doesn't make sense. We, have to, we, we spend a lot of time arguing, trying to figure things out, getting this equipment, doing that, right? And, and it takes a long time. I went to seminary to figure out how audio and video works and what, where I should put a TV. No, right? But, but I know as a pastor, this is exactly where we're supposed to be. As a person, I hate it. As a person, I want to be in control. As a person... And here's the, kick, the, here's the kicker for me. Here's, here's the big thing with God being in control. I want to know. And as a person, I can't. And I hate that. Right? Um, if you guys haven't put it together, uh, right now, I should be exhausted. We should be sore. We should be tired. We, sh- we should be cranky. And we should be five pounds heavier. Right, we we should be coming. We should have came back from Mexico yesterday, and and I we should have been staying up doing laundry or you know the the laundry couch you know the the chair that in your room where you put all your dirty laundry. Yeah, it's okay. That's not the truth, and I don't like that. As as a person, I'm absolutely okay sacrificing good for great. I'm absolutely okay uh, going down to Mexico, giving a week of my life, because at the end of the day, that's not much, right? At the, at the end of the day, the, the time investment, the money investment for me is really not that much, right? Um, the work is hard, but it, it's paid off, right? I get that good feeling. I get that lula food. I, I, all that good stuff. I get to see my friends, right? I get to make fun of Sergio, Right, Dennis and Debbie, thank you for joining on Facebook. Right, Sergio joins when he's awake. Right, and and, and I have that feeling, and it's good, and it's wonderful, and, and I like it, and it's and it's wonderful, and and even though it's not small for me, it's 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 huge for somebody else. It's life changing for somebody else. Right, in this one moment, we could see that God is in control, not only over the small me me having a good trip, helping someone, but over the big about a house being made. And, and as a person, I don't like it, but as a pastor, I have to sit there and, and, and say, you know what? God's in control. And I have to say that before the earth was created, he knew, he mandated that this trip wasn't going to happen. And that's weird. And I don't get it. And I don't like it, but I get it, and I love it. <laughs> because for some reason, it happened. 
And God's in control. And that's good. So, um, speaking of <laughs> that, there's a bigger story going on here. There, there's something that if, if you were just to open up your Bible and you were just to read this, you would miss it. And you'd miss one of the coolest little things in the Bible and, and, and what prophecy is all about, right? And, and it's Zechariah 9.9. And this happens, right, 520 years B.C., right? So probably 550 years before this happens. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Where is he? Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Goosebumps. It's a little chilly in here. Sorry, guys, I did that, but it, it's exciting. That five, if you're a totally skeptic and you and you don't believe that God is control and knows all time and all that stuff, and, and at the bare minimum, 550 years before, he could control a donkey being in a specific place from a specific owner being taken by specific disciples, and Jesus is going to know it. Bare minimum. That's awesome. To go back, yeah, I, I, I got some good foresight. I don't have that kind of foresight. I can't, I can't pretend like I know what God's going to do in 550 years. I can't pretend like I know what God's going to do next month, next week, right? I can't pretend that, but I know he's in control. If he can have such a minimal impact like a donkey being a specific place, I have full trust he can take a virus. He could take uh, financial problems. He could take all the insignificant things that are happening in my life right now because of that. I can look and I could say, he did it here, so absolutely he can do it again. Absolutely he can do it again, right? Lastly, so, so if, if point number one is true, if God is in control over, over everything, over the present, future, small, and big, if that is true, if Jesus has arrived and will come again, if that's true, here's the question, and here's what Palm Sunday is about, here's what prophecy is about, here's what everything is about. The big question that we have to ask ourselves is this, how will we respond? How will we respond? I, I wanted to share that parable at the beginning. Um, it's, it's a little bit longer, and not a lot of churches talk about that, right? Because there's, there's different stories of, of the Gospels about uh, Palm Sunday and stuff, but, but they, they, they focus in on, on 28 through 40, the very end, a little chunk, and we look at it, and we say, why was this part of this? How did this happen in this, right? Well, all of this, all of this, right, uh, the story of Zacchaeus, the parable, shows that when Jesus comes back, he's got some questions for us, right? Um, here's the wonderful part about parables. And here's the really cool thing for us, right? Parables 
are, uh, are a lot of them, oh, not parables, sorry, prophecy. We got this Old Testament here, the First Testament, whatever you like to call it, right? And it's, it's this much of the Bible, right? I don't know if you can see that. It's, it's, a, it's a good hunk of the Bible, right? And, and all of this is pointing to Christ. All of this is saying, hey, hey, there's a Savior coming. Hey, someone is coming. A sacrificial lamb is coming. There's a servant that's going to suffer, and he's coming, right? And all of a sudden, this happens, the Gospels, this little section of Scripture defines everything. And in this little hunk of Scripture, all of this is answered. All, who's the servant? Who's the, who's the messenger? Who's coming? Why? How? A donkey? I don't know. And all of a sudden, he comes. Jesus comes, sets the stage, dies, comes back. And not only that, he says, I'm going to come again. I'm coming again. And that's where we are. And, and, and finally, the, the section, the last section of Scripture, right, after the Gospels, all this prophecy is not only looking back, all it's, it's not just saying, oh, Jesus was a great guy, and, and look at all he did, and he died on the cross, and he was resurrected, and that's it, story's over, right? If that was it, great. Here's the thing. He's not only did he come once, he's coming back. And that's the question for us today. How are we going to respond? Because it's, it's, it's easy. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? It's easy to read the Old Testament and say, of course there's a Savior coming. Of, of course. Of, of course there's someone who's, you know, you could look at the, the judges, people who saved Israel time and time again. And, and you could say there's an ultimate judge. Someone is coming to set the people free. Right, you can look at the story of Jonah and, and and say there's an ultimate savior. There's someone who's gonna spend three days and, and gonna and is gonna have that pain, that suffering, but he's gonna deliver his people. It's easy to do that now because we have the New Testament, because we already have the answer. The problem is there's some sort of disconnect where we say, Yes, of course for those, but in my life, it's different. Yes, of course, the, the servant should have used what he had for the glory of God. Of course, he should have shared what he had. Of course. But I like my stockpile. I'm a little like, if, uh, you know, if I win the lottery, I'm building a bunker, right? Like, if that's like a, one of the first things I'm doing, you know? And, 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 and like, I, uh, I, like, I respect those people, you know? Me and them got a little thing going on. But like, at the same time, I got to look at my stuff and say, this isn't my stuff. I am the person who didn't reap this. I am the person who is sowing what God has given me. I am the person who's benefiting from what God has given me. And, and I could take that and I could say, look at me. Look how much God loves me. Look how wonderful I am. Or I could share it. I would, I would be remiss. I mean, I have to. Info at rockbiblechurch.com. If you can help or if you, if you need help. I was like, what's the other one? <laughs> Sunday morning, people. Sorry. If you can help or if you need help, that's the point of the church. 
It was a joke last week. Bryce got so many things of toilet paper. It was wonderful. Don't give any more, right? He's, they're just two people, folks. He doesn't need more. That's the kind of response that we need to have. That we say, hey, uh, is there a tall guy who could switch this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to send you all the tall guys, right? Uh, I need a meal. You know, I hurt my back. I got this, right? I had surge. I can't make it to the store. It's, it's, you know, I'm in that stage where I'm a little bit older. It's a little bit scary. I could do it. But I have a church. Uh, I don't know which one. I could, I could, you know, risk getting it. I could do that. Or I could be part of this family. I could stockpile. And I could be good for the next two, three years. Because that's me. I went to Costco and, like, I, they had, like, paper towels. And I was just like, should we get some? You know, like. <laughs> yeah, but we do. We don't need it, but like, should we? Yeah, uh, I got like a deep freeze, and I'm like, there's a little bit of room. You know, we could fit like a lot of food in that little bit. You know, and, and that's that's my mentality. But at the same time, I have to look at it and say, this stuff needs to be shared. If someone is in need and I can help them, this is the time to do it. More than any other time in in, in our lifetime, this is the time to help. This is the time to serve, and this is the time to worship. And that and that's that's a great feeling. And if we don't, we don't, and if we miss out, we take it to verse 40. Because God's gonna be worshiped good deeds are going to happen. People are going to be served. The houses in Mexico are going to happen. It's gonna happen. God's going to make a way. Here's what the thing is, though. Don't miss out. Because Jesus answers, he said, I tell you, if these were silent, if these people did not worship me, if they didn't throw their cloaks and palm branches and do all this stuff, the very stones would cry out. That is a cool thing, and I kind of want to see it, and I don't. (laughs) For a lot of reasons, right? One of the reasons is that would be scary, right? And two, that means no one's worshiping, right? If no one's worshiping, someone's going to worship, right? And, and, and I don't know about you, but but I want to be part of it. That's why every year when Mexico comes around, I want to be a part of it. I don't want to miss out. I I don't want to miss. Out. I I want to go. I want to help. I get excited when when I got when I got like ten rolls of toilet paper and someone asked for four. Yeah, take them. Here's another one. Here's six. I don't need that many, right? Like I I, I got all this stuff. I want to help. I want to. It's exciting. I don't want to miss it, right? And, and, um, and, and very, I don't know, coincidentally, uh, appropriately, um, this is our time of offering, right? Uh, we, we, offering is obviously different. Not that we haven't had these options, but, you know, there's no plate, you know, I'm not sending Mark to your house to kick down your door, you know, I could, but, you know, but, um, you know, I want to I explain a couple of ways, and then I'm going to pray 
over the offering. But there's three ways that you can give online. Text to give. Uh, super easy, super convenient. That's actually what Ashley and I do uh, once you set it up. Uh, text give and a dollar amount to 925-800-6086, right? It's going to send you a link, and, and it works the same way as, as putting your card on any website, just as safe, just as secure. If you're worried about texting, and I was that at the beginning. I was like, I don't know, texting. I don't know, I don't know about that, right? But it's just as secure as if you were going to buy something on Amazon, buy, you know, do, do mobile banking, all that stuff. Um, you can go to the website, rockbiblechurch.com. Uh, you can go to the donate little scroll down tab on the top, right? Um, oh, uh, and, and you can go through that. Uh, it's the same way you click the link through that. And then, or you can mail a check, right? If, if you're not into doing that, or if you can't, or however, you could always mail a check. That's our address, 4100 First Street, uh, Pleasanton, California. Um, I'm going to pray, and uh, we're going to do a little communion after I pray. So, dear Lord, I thank you for this day, God. I thank you that um, you came and that you're coming back. I thank you that you have trusted us with resources, trusted us with time, trusted us with energy, trusted us with talents, God, because because you are capable, and and you can do it. But for some reason, you're having us, <laughs> which is just a crazy thought to have. That that before time began. You knew your work would be would, would be accomplished through church, through a body, through a, a sinner, through a messed up person. <laughs> I pray for this um, the offering, God. Just like always, if 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 there's somebody watching that this isn't their church family, I feel please let them feel like there's no obligation to give. This is just us serving you, us us acknowledging that all of this is, is yours and, and that, that you sowed it all and that you gave it to us. I pray for this time of communion, God, um, the ultimate reminder of what you did on the cross. pray that um, we can approach it wisely, appropriately, with reverence, with respect, even if we're in our pajamas. Because <laughs> it's not about what we're wearing, it's about what's on the inside, God. And, the, and you, you saw that more than anybody. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen. So, if you got it, crackers, bread, whatever you got. Um, got a little sourdough, because we're in San Francisco, it seems appropriate. Um, you know, Christ, very soon, actually, we're, we're going to be talking about that, but very soon he, they're sitting around a table and, and he, he broke off a piece of bread and he was handing it out to people and he, and he said, very soon, you know, all these things are going to happen. And, and this, the symbol, this is my body. This, this piece of bread is my body. And, and, and just as I'm breaking it and giving it to you, that, that's, that's me breaking my body, and it's for you, right? It, it's not for sin. It's, it's not, I'm not dying for sin. I'm dying for you because I love you, and, and I want to have a relationship with you, right? 
and, and that's the bread. And, and similarly, he took wine, I have grape juice, but you know, um, and he, he took the cup and he, and he filled it up and he, and he said, and similarly, this is my blood. And just like my, my body that's going to be broken for you, my, my blood is going to be shed for you. And, and he says, take it in remembrance of me. Take it in remembrance of what I'll be doing. And, and, and that's why we do it. Um, and, and this right here is what worship is all about. It's a simple act meant and taken in not so simple way. It's not just about singing. It's not just about, you know, having a bad voice and screaming it out and doing all these things, right? It's not about just eating some bread and some grape juice. It's not about that. There's something bigger going on here. So maybe as a family, take it together. Talk about Jesus. Talk, talk about what he's done in your life lately. And uh, I'm going to pray, and then the, the band's going to come back up. So... Dear Lord, um, I thank you once again for this time. I thank you that we we're able to come and worship you, God, that we're, we're able to keep doing church, that church isn't a building, and, and all those things, and, and it, it goes beyond that, and we truly are a family, and we're here to celebrate something bigger. We're here to celebrate something bigger than one guy riding on a donkey into a town. There's something bigger going on, and, there, and there's something bigger than, than just a prophetic word. There's something bigger than, than a piece of bread and, and some grape juice, God. And I pray that we always remember that. Pray for all these things in your name. Amen.